0: go you are listening to law and gospel on this wednesday it's bible study wednesday february the 8th in the year of our lord 2023 i'm pastor tom baker and what we've been doing on wednesdays is taking a look at the book of proverbs today we're going to be in proverbs chapter 17 beginning with verse 17 uh so we're actually going to be in Proverbs 17, beginning with verse 25. This is God's view of reality. The book of Proverbs, if you want to know how God thinks, this is what you go to. And so through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Solomon is writing, and in this particular case, he's talking about avoiding fools and foolishness. A foolish son, this is verse 25, is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. So this first verse in Proverbs 17, verse 25, that we're looking at, talks about a foolish son. The word foolish always is referring to those who are not believers. And a foolish son who is not a believer is a grief or an aggravation to his father because he doesn't tolerate hearing where he is going wrong. You you hear about children like this they're growing up and they just ignore their parents. In fact, it's not only an aggravation to the father, but the verse goes on, and bitterness to her who bore him. In other words, a foolish son is bitter to the mother. I remember when I was growing up, my mom and dad, we attended church every Sunday, and even during the week with Lenten and Advent services. Dad was president of the congregation. He was also Sunday school superintendent at times. My mother was involved with what we call the ladies aid. And they would have people come over to their house for Bible study, etc. And so I was brought up with a very good education about how God thinks and I pray that at times I was an aggravation and bitterness to both of them because of my disobedience. But see, that's what happens when you're first into a family. You do not know how to act properly. And so somebody, though, who is a Christian will tolerate reprimand. Whereas Proverbs says, if you're dealing with a fool, you won't be able to change his attitude even if you give him a hundred blows. In other words, if you discipline him harshly. He remains a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Now, the word bitterness is what's called a hopox legomena, which means it's the only time that this word appears in the Hebrew. And so, we can understand parents who have such children, and that's what the church needs to deal with today. We've got a lot of young people who, for one reason or another, are leaving the church. And they may be leaving the church because they disagree with the morality of God, or... They may not totally understand the gospel and and therefore they don't think the church is good enough for them. When we talk about the church, we're talking about, of course, a congregation in worship. Verse 26 goes on, to oppose, impose a fine on a righteous man is not good nor to strike the noble for their uprightness. Now, when the verse talks about to impose a fine, this word is referring to a legal penalty. And this can happen in some areas. It's some people are thinking is going to happen in the United States. We've got a crazy Congress, who thinks that it can force Christian pastors to marry homosexuals. And if you don't do it, they're going to find the church. You may even lose your tax-exempt status. This is how foolish some people in the Congress are. They don't realize what a proper Christian pastor is willing to do. In other words, yes, we may get fines, we may get penalties, but we will not go against God's word. It's a shame as we've been looking at some areas. In England, they are now saying that they're willing to do a church service for people who are gay. They're not going to marry them, they're still against that, but they're gonna do a church service to bless their union. If that isn't ridiculous, I don't know what is. It's like blessing pedophiles, because every unrepentant homosexual is really a pedophile in the sense that they will tell children that that lifestyle is not contrary to the will of God. And that is sinning against children by their words. See, a pedophile occurs not only with actions, but also with thoughts and words. So the church is really coming up uh, against a society that will want to impose legal penalties on the righteous. And God says, that is not good. Nor are they to strike the noble for their uprightness. Now, the word strike can also be translated as flog, and that would be whipping them. Well, who was more noble than Jesus Christ? And yet in the book of Isaiah, it indicates that he is going to be whipped before he's put on the cross. And that whipping is striking a nobleman for his uprightness. Remember, they make fun of Jesus. They pretend he's a king when they don't think he is. But he is not only king of kings, he is the greatest prophet, the greatest priest among all. And therefore, to impose legal penalties on the righteous for standing up for the word of God, this is not good in God's eyes. Nor to strike a noble for their being upright. That's not good either. Now, how does that occur? Well, for example, there was an individual who wanted to, well, his job was making cakes. And people came in who were going to have a game to make a cake for it. And he refused to do so because that's his right not to participate in sinful behavior. Well, he was fined. And I never did figure out why the people in that state didn't do the following they should have gone to a Muslim bakery and asked them to do a cake in honor of a, well, maybe it was a series of speeches given by a church that Allah is not a true God. He's an idol. And that's what you want on your cake. Allah is an idol. The Muslim bakery has the right to deny that because it is against their religion. They can refuse to do that. And why that wasn't tested in that state is beyond me. We Christians need to fight against the wiles of Satan and to use what he's doing to give fines and striking to us to also strike his group. That's just a thought. Verse 27, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Now, once more, Scripture interprets Scripture. So, the word knowledge and the word Understanding really is referring to God's wisdom. If you have proper knowledge, you may restrain your words. In other words, you're not going to get into arguments with people. Uh, For example, on this show, a lot of times somebody may phone in or they'll email me and say, Oh, you are wrong in saying what you did about the Bible because that's a contradiction. Well, I could show them from the Bible it's not a contradiction, but it would be wrong to use reason or even logic to show it's not a contradiction because the Bible is not reasonable. It doesn't follow the logic of individuals. Uh, For example, if you saw a person or three people walk into the room, and you say, oh, those there are three persons. That's reasonable and logic under the thinking of human beings. But if God came into the room, and they are three persons, but one God, that doesn't seem to be reasonable at all. How can you have three persons but only one God. And the more that people try to explain that, the worse it gets. I remember one time I was told, it's like an apple. An apple has a peel, it then has a fruit, and it has a core. Well, those are three different things, but it's still one apple. Well, that doesn't help us to understand the Trinity, because appeal doesn't do the same thing as the core does or the flesh of the apple. But when we're talking about the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are equal in their knowledge, and in their power, and in whatever other attributes they have because they are one God. So a lot of times, Bible doesn't make sense. You take a few pieces of bread and some fish and you feed 5,000 people? That doesn't make sense at all. That's why false theologians attempt to give rational reasons for what the Bible is saying. And that is a dead end. Uh, Listen to our Sunday school lesson that we'll be doing next Tuesday on issues, etc. The road to Emmaus conversation that Jesus is going to have with two disciples. Jesus doesn't use reason. He doesn't use human logic. What he uses are Bible verses to explain the necessity of why Jesus died and the reason wives from the dead. So somebody with knowledge restrains his words. We don't have to give evidence for what we believe. As one scholar once put it, if you are a believer, you have all the evidence you need. And if you're an unbeliever, no amount of evidence will ever convince you. And the evidence are the words of Scripture, which the Holy Spirit changes an unbeliever to a believer in order to believe those words. Verse 28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. You see, you run across that with people who are unbelievers, but they keep silent. They restrain using words, and therefore, some people will consider them wise. So when he closes his lips, he is deemed to be intelligent, when in reality, he is not. We have a number of people in the church, I'm sure, who are not believers, but they are there perhaps to satisfy their spouse or maybe to make business at the church or some reason that is not God-centered. So they may consider to be wise. They may even sing the hymns with gusto, but in reality, he is not wise or understanding. Verse five of chapter 18, chapter five, verse one. Whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Now, who do we refer to in that verse? Here we're talking about people who are considered to be loners. They really seek their own desires. They're not interested against your judgment. And when you provide judgment against their desires, they will fight you. They will not agree. They will say all kinds of things that are ridiculous, even about the Bible, that are not true, because they do not allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. I mean, I was at a seminary before it split and the liberals left, and they were teaching that God created the world in millions of years and then chose two monkeys, one to be Adam, one to be Eve. They did not believe in a worldwide flood. They did not really believe that the Red Sea was made dry so Israel could cross over it. They taught us, no, they went across in boats, and the Egyptians sunk into the mud in their chariots and couldn't follow them. These were people who had their own desires, which means they were following their own will, and they were therefore fighting out, fighting against all sound judgment. God does not appreciate such people. They are not those that you want as pastors in the church or teachers in the church or even parents in the church who teach their children false doctrine. Chapter 5 of Proverbs, uh, chapter 18, I'm sorry, uh, verse 2 A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing. His opinion. This chapter 18, verse 2, is very important because it gives the definition of what a fool is. A fool, an unbeliever, takes no pleasure in understanding, he fails to accept God's wisdom. And therefore, he can be living a life that is horrible from God's point of view. But he thinks it's fine because he takes pleasure in expressing only his opinion. He's not interested in the opinion of Bible scholars who know their scripture very well. He offsets their teaching with his personal opinion. That's why every religion in the world outside of Christianity is a religion that saves through your works, because that makes sense to the unbeliever. Since he gets ahead through his works in other areas of life, he just assumes that's how he's going to get to heaven, by his own works. It's a complete refusal to understand the distinction between hearing the law and hearing the gospel. To hear the law is to come to a realization that we fall short of the glory of God in all of our works, and only through faith given to us by the Holy Spirit, are we enabled and empowered even to do one good work from God's point of view? Because a good work has the proper motivation of our love for Jesus. And an unbeliever doesn't love Jesus. Now, what is the result of being an unbeliever? That's Verse three of chapter 18. When wickedness comes, contempt comes also, and with dishonor comes disgrace. So this is God's point of view. When we follow the wickedness of Satan, remember Adam and Eve, then contempt against God Comes also. They didn't want to listen to God. They wanted to make themselves God. And with that, they dishonored God and they ended up in disgrace. And that disgrace resulted in a painful life, both for women who bear children, for men who work in the fields because of the weeds, etc. That's God's point of view. Are you wicked? Then you will have contempt of God because that's contrary to God's wisdom. And you will therefore dishonor God and you will become into disgrace. Verse 4 of chapter 18. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. Now, there you need to understand something that may not be obvious to those who read the English. But the words from a man's mouth are deep waters. Those waters mentioned in the Hebrew often go dry in certain seasons of the year. And so the words from a man's mouth may sound like you're going to be not thirsty anymore, but they soon grow dry. Whereas the fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. It is a stream that continues to flow. This really is talking about our baptism. That's a bubbling brook where God's grace never runs dry, because he's given you promises. And the promises are not only the gift of the Holy Spirit, but also the forgiveness of sins. And it is that going to the cross to realize that your sins are forgiven, that the fountain of wisdom, which is God's fountain, Is a bubbling brook that never dries up. Verse 5 of chapter 18. It is not good to be partial to the wicked or to deprive the righteous of justice. Now, we, we see that among some political officials that they have favoritism towards those who are wicked. They set up laws like the Supreme Court did, where suddenly now it's okay to have a marriage between people of the same gender. For a while, it was okay to kill a baby within the womb. Fortunately, they've reversed that. But states all over the place are trying to get around that to allow women to get rid of children, that they have selfish reasons to do so. So the government, God says, is not good to show favoritism to the wicked or to deprive the righteous of justice. In other words, when you show favoritism to the wicked, you are depriving the righteous of God's justice. Great section, Proverbs 17, beginning with verse 25 through chapter 18, verse 5. I'm Tom Baker. Join us tomorrow for another issue of Law and Gospel. Until then, God bless you.